Hey there, we're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to freedom. Christians are different. We love differently. We think differently. We act differently. Or at least we should, right? In part two of this series, Bold, I want to talk about living bold in a different way. I want to talk about loving bold. Bold love is very important. See, because being a Christian means living in the midst of a culture that is often confused about what we believe. The culture is confused about what's important, so they think everything and everyone's important, everything We say yes to everything because everything's important. How many know you can't say yes to everything? Some of you have been burned out in your life because you said yes to everything. You can't say yes to everything. You have to say yes to the things that matter. You have to say yes to the things that really are a part of your life. You got to say yes to the things that fulfill God's will in your life. And so how should we as believers... How should we as Christians respond when we find ourselves in the midst of cultural confusion? That's a, a, a bona fide question. How do we find ourselves in the midst of cultural confusion? What do we do about that? Because the culture wants to accept everything that comes its way and incorporate it. But as believers, we can't do that. We can't incorporate everything the culture says is important. Because God says certain things are first. God is a God of order. How many believe that to be true? God is a God of order. And he says some things are more important than other things. And so, should we attack the culture then? Should we say, no culture, you're wrong, and and attack the culture? No, absolutely not. But here's what we are to do. We are to live bold and love hard. Love firm. Because oftentimes the church is known for what we hate more than what we love. And I'll go even further. The church is often looked upon as the the people who hate such and such a person or such and such a kind of person. Can I tell you something? Bold love means I love you in spite of what you believe, in spite of how different we are. But it doesn't mean I have to back down my own beliefs. But I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. Love you the way God told me to love you and the way God loved me. Did you know that God loves you in spite of all the mistakes you ever made in your life? I'm going to be grateful for that. Should we then hide from the culture that, okay, Pastor Tony, we're not attacking the culture. Now, should we hide then? Should we say, okay, yeah, do what you got to do. I'm just going to love Jesus here and you're going to do your sin thing there. That's not how that works either, right? In fact, all around we are, like it or not, We must keep in mind that bold love, the bold love of God, exists in the world. We got to stand with that love and say, this is how God loves. This is what the love of God looks like. We exist in the world to be an extension of God's bold love to a world that's lost. Friends, when we're talking about bold love, We're talking about a people that have decided that Christ is the ultimate authority in all that we do. 
Bold love says he's number one and everybody else matters. Did you hear that? God is number one, but everybody else matters. I'm going to love you in spite of you. Just like God loved us in spite of us. So let me recap three very important elements that I want to talk about coming from last week. Okay? Three important things. Watch this. It's up on your screen. Three, recap for, from last week. Here's three things. Number one, the verse that we're talking about in this series is based off of 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. How many know that's a great verse right there? Because we don't walk in fear, right? How many realize if we walk in fear, we forfeit all the blessings God has for us? When you walk in fear, you can't truly walk in faith. You can't walk in both. So you have to forfeit one or the other. Friend, what I'm encouraging you to do is forfeit fear today. Forfeit fear today. Say, fear is not as important as the faith I have in Christ. So our verse is 2 Timothy 1.7, this entire series. You're going to hear me mention it. You're going to hear me refer to it multiple times. And then our motto is simply this, that's continuous, and I, I kicked it off last week, and here it is. Live bold, love hard, and die on empty. Live bold, love hard, and die on empty. What does that mean? I'm not taking none of this stuff with me. Look at me. I'm not taking anything with me. So I got to live bold. I got to love hard and I got to die on empty. I got to lay it all at the table. Because Christ did that for me. How many realize that Christ died on empty? He gave it all. 39 lashes. Then he got on the cross. It wasn't just 39 lashes. Then he had to carry his cross up that hill of Golgotha to that mountain Guess what? Even Christ needed a little bit of help. They called this man Simon up. That was a, he was a, uh, somebody by the side watching what was happening. They said, help this man. Listen, if Christ needs help on the way up to the cross, so do you. Right? Did that diminish his death on the cross? Did that diminish his death on the cross? It did not diminish his death on the cross because he got there. Why? Because he needed a little bit of help. Stop trying to live your life without anyone else. Christ himself needed someone. We too need to walk this walk. Live bold, love hard, die on empty. And the third thought is simply this. Recapping last week, definition of boldness. Boldness is acting by the power of the Holy Spirit on an urgent conviction in the face of threat urgent conviction in the face of threat. Let's go back to the future for a moment. To Daniel. 2,500 years ago or so, a group of young men were taken into captivity by Babylon. A vile country that wanted nothing to do with God or his commands. And here Daniel found himself trying to live for God in a vile dark, sinful world led by Babylon. How many know that no good thing comes from Babylon? Right? Don't name your child Babylon. I'm telling you that right now. Just don't do it. Because nothing good comes from Babylon. Right? So we're looking, at, uh, we're looking at a situation and we look at it and we go, okay, 
Here's a young man taken into captivity. And now he's in a situation where he has to learn the culture that is sinful. Daniel and his friends were forced to be educated in a foreign culture that's opposite everything he's ever done. But guess what? He never forgot whose he was. They were taken away from their families and everything that's familiar. They leaned on one another. Things that have been taught as a child were now things that they had to hold on to much stronger. The Bible tells us the story of Daniel and his friends, and somehow, despite it all, they found a way to be bold. We're talking about boldness this morning, right? We're talking about bold love. Bold love makes you do bold things. And that Daniel became the benchmark character in the Old Testament of someone being bold no matter what. And so we find ourselves in Daniel chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, turn there for just a moment. There's just two verses that I want to refer to for just a moment here today. And it's simply Daniel 1, verse 8 and 9. And here's what it talked about in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Watch this with me for a moment. But Daniel resolved not to define himself with the royal food and wine. Let me stop there for a moment. You say, what does that mean? What, why eating off the king's table? Why is that such a big deal? Now, let me give you a cultural background in order for you to understand why he would be defiling himself. You have to understand this. Before the food came to the king's table, watch this, before the food came to the king's table, the people from Babylon, the people that took care of his food, actually sacrificed a portion of the food to idols. So before that steak, that filet mignon came to the king, well, that's good stuff right there, filet mignon. Before the penil, right? Before the penil came. Before all the good stuff came to the king's table, guess what? They took a portion, they cut it up, and they gave it to the, they sacrificed a tithe to the, to the idols. And they said, bless all of this, O gods. And they gave portion of their, the food that was about to go to the king's table to the idols. And they said, bless it. And then they brought the rest of the food to the king's table. So when it got to the king's table, it was blessed by the gods. And that right there was not something Daniel was okay with. He did not want to associate himself with the gods when he served the God. Hello? When, he, when you serve the uppercase G-O-D, those lowercase G-O-Ds don't matter. But it does matter if you're eating off their blessings. So Daniel, you know what he said? I don't want anything to do with that food. So he said... That royal food and that royal wine, I want nothing to do with. And he asked the chief, this is where we're at. We'll pick ourselves back up again here, verse 8. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. He told him, he says, my, my culture does not allow me to eat that. So now, verse 9, now God calls the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. Let me stop there for a moment. He got favor when you live bold, you get favor. When you stand for something with deep conviction, God can and will grant favor to you. So you're talking about a picture of boldness of someone saying, you know what? I don't want to touch that because it's against my deep conviction. Listen, as believers, look at me for a moment. Stop apologizing for your deep convictions. Live bold. Love hard, die on empty. Live bold. Love hard, 
die on empty. Realize that nothing in this world is worth sacrificing for your soul. Daniel realized I need to live bold right now. Somebody say live bold. That's bold living. When you say, king, your stuff is good, but I don't want any. I mean, no, you got to be real careful how you say that. Especially when it's the king of Babylon. They'll have your head with not even blinking. He'll have your head and go back to the state. No problem. But he lived bold. So I don't know if you feel the same, but I, I keep asking myself, there's times I turn on my television, I have to turn it off, and I go, how did we get here? How did we get here? As a culture, how did we get here? Here's what I realized. The Holy Spirit tells us to walk in power, in love, and in sound mind every day of our lives. In order to do that, you have to understand that the Holy Spirit has to be an active part of your life. Listen, I know this preaching I'm about to give you may not get a lot of hooting and hollering. You may not be laughing very much, but I hope you hear what I'm saying to you. That the fact is this, that at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit can be quenched. He can be hindered. The scriptures teach us in Ephesians 4.30 that we should not, quote, Grieve the Holy Spirit. You know you can grieve the Holy Spirit? According to Ephesians 4.30. Read it yourself. And in another text in 1 Thessalonians, it says, do not quench the Spirit. Now, what is the difference? I love it because you, you have to know the difference between the two. And there's definitely some nuances to understanding this. And I want to kind of paint the picture for you. And I love how R.T. Kendall put it. Can I, uh, for, this, for those of you that don't know who R.T. Kendall is, a fantastic preacher and author. Uh, one of the books he, he wrote called The Sensitivity of the Spirit. He defined it like this, and I put it up on the screen here. Here's, the, here's the, the, uh, a bit of a, an understanding as to the difference between grieving and hindering. Here it is. Grieving the Spirit refers to actions of ours that hinder the Spirit from being himself within us. It's not allowing the Holy Spirit to be in us. Are you hearing that? It's saying, no, 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 that's enough. Less becoming. Hindering, grieving the Spirit says, less becoming. You don't allow the Holy Spirit so he grieves because he wants to be part of your life. Quenching the Spirit refers to the actions we do to hinder the Spirit from doing things in your life. Less allowing of the Holy Spirit. In your, this is good teaching right here. Is this good? You, you might want to write this, tweet this, put it on your status, because I think all of us in one way or another have done both. Would it be fair to say that? Show of hands, how many feel like you've done one or two? I got two hands, some people lifting their legs too. They're like, Pastor, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be real honest right now. Listen, grieving the Holy Spirit, not allowing the Holy Spirit to actively be a part of your life. And not only that, quenching the Spirit from Him doing. So not just allowing Him to be a part of your life, but then all, all of a sudden He wants to do something and you're like, nope, I'm good. I, I'm good. I just want to hear a good word that makes me feel good. Can I tell you something? As a church, we believe in a strong worship and a strong word. We believe going after God with all we got. And will we mess up from time to time? Yes. 
Will we quench the spirit sometimes in our lives? Absolutely. But you know what? This is the opportunity to live bold. Come before God and say, you know what? My wife said something earlier. She talked about uh, breathe before we sang that song earlier. And, and it just reminded me as she was talking that I have an app on my, on my watch that tells me to breathe. Every once in a while, it just tells me breathe. I'm like, stop telling me what to do. You're getting a little too intelligent. Tell me to breathe. But you know what? After a while, I realized I was, I was looking at it. I was going, okay, you know what? I'm going to take a big, deep breath. And I realized I haven't done one of those in a while. You know what Sunday should be sometimes for us? An opportunity to take a deep breath. Yes? Take a deep breath and say, God, forgive me for being so busy this week that I forgot what it's like to breathe. Stop for a moment and breathe. You hearing me? You need to breathe. Some of you guys have been going all week. You've been beaten up by life, by finances, by your job, whatever it is. I've had a few things this week going on physically in my body. I've been under some, some medicines and stuff. It just makes my body feel all loopy. I'm like, God, I still got to trust you. Listen, nothing I do, nothing I say should be ever an excuse to grieve the Holy Spirit. Nor should it be something where I hinder the Holy Spirit or quench the Spirit in my life. How many know that's good? How many know that's good? You need to not grieve the Holy Spirit, not quench the Holy Spirit. So grieving is less becoming, and I got another slide here. Grieving is less becoming of the Holy Spirit in our life. And quenching is less allowing the Holy Spirit in my life. And as a parent, can I just put a personal touch in this? There are times that my children will do something that makes me grieve because I see them having the ability to be more in their lives. I see it as a parent. Parents, you know what I'm talking about? Fathers, mothers, you know what I'm talking about? You, you see them do something, you're like, man, I know you're better than that. I know you can do more. And I grieve as a parent because I know you're better than that, Right? But then there are other times also that as a parent that I struggle because um, they don't see it and they, I ask them, consider this, and then they say, no, I want to do it this way. And then all of a sudden, as a parent, I find myself quenched. And as a parent, I go, but you don't understand. I, I, I've been through that. And all of a sudden, it's less allowing me access into their lives. And the older they get, the more... They will want to figure things out themselves. And it's hurtful as a parent because you're like, oh, I, there's some things that you're just going to have to establish yourself. I get that. But let me help you go through less pain in your life. Parents, you know what I'm talking about, right? Can you imagine for a moment how the God of the universe feels over his children? Can you imagine how the God that knows and sees all things can feel grieved, can feel quenched. And he's saying, the reason why you have not, you have not received, the, look at me, the reason why you have not received the ability to live bold is because you're too busy quenching and you're too busy grieving and you're too busy doing all these things to God that he won't, he won't push himself on you. So God is saying, live in power and love and in sound mind. But in this moment, you can't love bold if you can't stand bold. You got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Right? So how do I love bold? How do I have bold love in my life? I'm so glad you asked that because I have notes that answer that question. Number one. Boldness requires decision. 
Listen, no one can make this decision for you. No one can make decision for you. When you live bold, you have to make a decision to be this way. It's not going to come to you naturally. Because going against the grain is not normal for us. How many know that's true? When everybody else is going this way, it's very easy to go with the current, right? Spiritual salmon goes the other way, right? Salmon. Go against the flow, right? And that, you know, the idea is this, that God is calling us to be bold. He calls us to go the opposite way than the culture goes. And that's against the grain. That's against the flow. And because of that, it requires decision. So what are we talking about? Pulling this from Daniel. Because Daniel resolved not to defile himself. You know what he did? He made a decision not to allow himself to be defiled. Daniel had to come to a moment of decision. And so do you. Friend, so do I. We all do. Amen? God has called us to live bold. And that bold stance requires you to make that decision. No one else can make that for you. So the first thought is this boldness requires decision. Verse 8, Daniel resolved not to defile himself. You see, many times we find ourselves struggling with, well, what will the world think of me? Look at me. At the end of the day, it matters not what the world thinks of me. It's what God said was right and walking in obedience. How many believe that to be true? Living bold is not about being okay with man. Let God do the favor. See, we, wanna, we want man to receive us and give favor to We want to work our way to favor over man. That's what gets us in trouble. How many know that's true? That's what gets us in trouble when we work the favor. Instead of letting God honor God and let the favor come to us, we want to go get the favor. We want to say the right thing for this person to like us, do the right thing for this person to like us, dress this way so that person will like us, think a certain way so this person would appreciate us. And you know what? At the end of the day, the other three don't like you if one likes you. Right? Isn't that true? Then you come over here and you're like, oh, you, okay, let's do this over here. Then that person don't like you because you changed your stance. And then you go, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. Then that person's like, why are you going over there? Why are you thinking like that? Why are you saying that? And you're like, I, I give up. And you get this royal frustration, right? I mean, a king-sized, super-sized frustration, and God is like, stop worrying about all of them. Let me be the one person that you want to impress. The only way to impress them is that love. The only way to impress them is the love that he's called you to have for your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Love God, love your neighbor. I didn't think of that. Jesus did. Right? kind of part of this thing, this little bitty thing called the commandments, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus summed it up. All the commands right there. Love God, love people, change the world. Friends, it requires a decision. Second thought is this. Boldness requires action. You can't think it and not do it. Because to make the decision is one thing, but you got to act on that decision. You got to do something about it. So what did, what did Daniel do? How do we take that example from Daniel? Look at verse 12 for a moment. And Daniel 1, verse 12. Please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you. 
and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicates or delicacies, and all you see fit, so deal with your servants. You know what he said? We're going to eat what we should eat. Your people are going to eat what you need to eat. And after 10 days, let's see who's stronger. Let's see who's more alert. Let's see who is better suited to be your servants. You know what that took? Action for them to decide to tell the king and the king's servants, put us to the test. Come on, how many of you would do that? <laughs> Not many, right? <laughs> I don't know if I should raise my hand or does that mean I lose membership or something? You know? <laughs> no, no, I think we all, would, it would be fair to say we would struggle with going to the king and say, listen, 10 days, I get vegetables and water, your people get steak, let's see who's stronger. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie, the steak would probably make me stronger. Right? But that's the wrong state. You're relying on strength of the physical body. Daniel was relying on the Holy Spirit's help. He didn't call it the Holy Spirit, but he was relying on God's strength over him. Right? Supernatural, God-given strength. But it took action. It took him to make that decision and say, I don't just want to resolve in my heart. I want to do something about it. And friends, for you to live bold for God, it's going to require you to do something about it. Don't just sit back and wait for it to happen because bold love will make you move. Bold love makes you move. And it will cause you to say what otherwise you would never say. Daniel had to challenge and test his faith. When's the last time you tested your own faith? Stop waiting for God to test you. Test your own faith. Say, you know what? I'm going to talk to two, three people this week about the love of God in my life. I don't have to know everything about the Bible. Look at me. I don't have to know everything about the Bible. I just need to know what God did in my life. Your testimony. I'm going to tell one person in the next three days about my testimony, what God did in my life. Hello? Got real quiet all of a sudden. I live bold. Live bold says I got to do something about it. What does 1 John tell us? 1 John 3.18 tells us this. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with what? Actions and in truth. Actions. Here's what I learned. Fine words will never take the place of fine deeds. Fine words will never take the place of fine deeds. And no amount of talk of the Christian love will take the place of a kind action someone, of someone in need. And I want to tell you this right now. Let's not only profess with our tongues, but let's work with our hands what God has given us to do. Amen? Love one another. Prove it by the deeds that we do. Friends, we got a lot of different things we're planning, including a domestic missions trip coming up in August. You're going to hear more about that in the coming weeks. Exciting missions trip in inner city Philly. We're going to be doing some ministry work for a couple of days in Philly. Um, and this is going to be open to the whole church to do. And then next year, we also have a country that we're going to be uh, going to as a, as a church. We're going to do a missions trip next year. There's a lot of great things in store that God has got for our church, our fellowship. Amen? And why? Because we got to live bold. We're stepping out in ways that we never have before. And that's what we're doing. We're going to live bold. And we're going to not love just by words. We're not just going to send money. How about we're going to send people too? We're not just sending money, writing checks. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna live bold. The third thought is this. Because demonstrating bold love is more than just words. 
Number three, boldness requires being rooted. And here's what I'm talking about. Look at verse 21. This is my last thought here for a moment. Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. Thus, Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. What does that mean? Daniel didn't say, this place is sinful. I'm leaving. I'm running away. God put him there to be a light and to be love. And you know what he did? He stuck it out. And he, and he knew who was with him. And he stuck it out. Listen, God has called you to be rooted. If you are here at Freedom, be here. Do something. Be a part of something great. Be rooted in something bigger than you. Because someone once said to be rooted is perhaps the most important and least recognized need of the human soul. God has called you to community. He's called you to be something, uh, be something great in the midst of something great. In fact, he's called you to be great in the midst of something greater. Because when two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst. Greater things can happen when we're together. It's easy to live Christianity with your own definition and your own regulations. I've heard this being said by celebrities. I like a little bit of this religion, and I like a little bit of that religion, and I, like, and I kind of put them all together. This is, no, literal words. I, I have quotes from celebrities that are like, I like the, some thoughts in Hinduism, and I like some of this stuff in the, in, the, in the Islam, and I like some of this in Christianity, and I like some of this in the Mormon, and I like some of it. And I kind of created my own what? Mess. That's what that is. Let's just call it what it is. Old-fashioned mess. Because that's not doctrine. That's buffet. Come on, somebody. Some of you, I lost you already. You're not, now you're thinking about lunch. Come back to me, please, just for a few moments. You know what that is? Pick and choose Christianity does not work. It's what he says, period. And you know what? Being rooted helps you to be accountable to each other so we can grow together, yes? When you're not rooted, guess what happens? You get to navigate, regulate your own self, and that never brings good things. That never grows you. That never grows you. Friends, boldness requires staying where God has put you and fighting it, believing it, trusting it. Trusting the process in which you are in right now. Being rooted is indeed one of the basic needs. And only when we're rooted, we can grow from where we are. Because guess what? That which is rooted can sink its roots deep so that the top will be sturdy. Some of us aren't deep in our faith because we keep pulling ourselves out from here and there. Our beliefs are being uprooted. Everything we, our beliefs are, our thoughts, the way we do operate, the way we love people. I, I, I want to love people today. Today, I don't feel like loving anybody. <laughs> Be honest. How many ever felt like that? You ever woke up one morning and said, I decided no one deserves my love. <laughs> don't say that to the person you roll over to either. Just, I decided. No, don't do that. Don't do that. I don't even want to finish that sentence. That's messed up. You know what happens, right? The longer you stick with it and you believe and you trust, the deeper your roots go. Friend, look at me. Community and a body like this, that's important too. 
get connected. Make a deliberate effort to be connected. We'll do everything we can to get you connected, but we can't go the 100% of the way. You got to meet us somewhere. Get rooted. Da- Listen, Daniel was in a vile culture and he still got rooted. He served the king that hated his God. He still served him. Why? Because serving that was his way of serving God. That doesn't mean he did everything that uh, the king, you know, did. But he lived his life as a light. Live bold, love hard, die on empty. Amen? Ephesians 3 tells us the word teaches us to be rooted and grounded in love. So what happens when we walk in Christ? Well, guess what happens? When we walk in Christ, we walk in the fruit of the Spirit. When we, when we walk in the fruit of the Spirit, what is that? That's love, joy, peace, all the things in Galatians 5. Let's go to that next slide. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's a tough one, right? If people want to go memorize everything until the end. They'd be like, oh, yeah, and that last one, whatever that is. Because we don't want to kind of own that one. The only control God has called us to have is self-control. We can't control everything. Amen? So let me say this one more thing before I kind of put us in a capsule for us. 1 John chapter 4. And here was what it says. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, and God is love. And this is the love that God has manifested toward us and sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, which is the substitution for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Listen, bold love is God-activated. Did you hear that? Bold love is God-activated. See, you can give and not love, but you cannot love and not give. I'm not talking about finances alone. That's, that's part of it. But you can't say you love and not give God anything. You can't give him it. Just walk away. This one quote stood out to me this week, and I'm going to close this with this quote here. Dieter F. Uchtdorf said this. Though we are incomplete, God loves us completely. Though we are imperfect, he loves us perfectly. Though we may feel lost and without a compass, God loves, encompass, God's love encompasses us completely. He loves every one of us, even though who, those who are flawed, rejected, awkward, sorrowful, or broken. Listen, the world will know us by our love. Not our title, not our church, not our logo, not our position, not our attendance. Look at me. They'll know us by our love. Church, we got to love bold. Who is it in your life you're not loving bold? What is it that's going on in your life that's not looking like love? Can I challenge you today to love bold? Live bold, love hard, die on empty. Amen? Friend, there's people that in my life that I've watched them love bold. 
And I said, how do you love that kind of way? And I found out they had a deep love for Jesus. You want to know how to love bold? First discover who God is in your life. First discover that love that God had for you. That love will translate. When you realize how much he loved you first, it'd be easier to translate that love. See, you're not manufacturing the love then. Does that make sense? See, the biggest struggle people with love, look at me, because this is important. I need every eyeball on me right now for a moment. Look at me. I need you to understand something. The reason why people have a hard time loving boldly is this. They try to find a way to love that person. They try to manufacture a way to love that person or love that situation. That's the wrong way to go about it. Can I tell you, everything that I read you leads me to believe to this point. Are you ready? Transfer the love. It's a lot easier to transfer the love of God to someone else than it is to manufacture love. You're not sure how you got there and then just offer them this frail, unreal, unauthentic love that really doesn't even make sense. Right? Love you. Sorta. Right? That's kind of how we love the world, right? Come on, let's not lie. Let's not lie. We kind of say to the world, the world's like, the world's like, love you. And we're like, yeah. Love you. You know why? Because we're trying to find the reason to love them. But if you realize that you were once a sinner, that while you were, come on somebody, you were once a sinner, Christ died for you, that love that he showed you, you can take that love and say, wow, that even though I was a sinner, he loved me anyway. That's amazing. He loves you too. I'm now transferring that love that he's given me and shown me, and I'm giving that love to the world. That's how you show bold love. Transfer it. Don't manufacture it. The world will see through it and they won't believe who you say you are. Amen? Is that helpful? Let's pray right now that God will give you that bold love that we're praying about right now. Father, thank you that you called us to have a bold love, a bold love for you. We ask you these things because, Lord, you called us to love the world. That we would be a people that love and honor you. That we would walk fine. We would walk deliberately, intentionally for you, oh God. May we love bold. May we live, live bold, love hard, and die on empty, oh God. Help us, Jesus, to honor you with everything we have and everything we are. In Jesus' name, it is our desire to transfer that love that you've shown us to the world. We thank you in Jesus' name.